Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the show. Today, we're talking motivation with Matt Foley. My name's Chris Sutton. This is Mental Conversations. I'm unsure I can be so absent-minded. Take a good look. Boom. And we're live. Um, so I'm sat looking at the very beardy face of Matt Foley. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Matt, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Chris. Um, so we're going to talk about motivation uh, and then go into yes. some weird and wonderful words like extrinsic and intrinsic and things that I don't understand. So can you start mm-hmm. off by telling us what, what, what is motivation? Motivation. Uh, good question. Um, it is the thing that makes Mr. Motivator put on those spandex pants every morning and get out and jump around. Uh, but a more kind of scientific definition, if you want one, is that it's the um, it's the process that initiates, guides and main- uh, maintains goal orientated behavior. Um, but more kind of simply, we're thinking about, you know, how to, uh, to get people to do things. How do people decide to do things and then do them? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is, is a way of thinking about this. And conversely, okay. demotivation is is when do people decide not to do things? And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an obvious one. It's interesting. It's interesting because on a very like human level, mm-hmm. our motivation behind something impacts everything we do, doesn't it? You know, like, or impacts it's, the quality of, of like what we do. It's something that I think is not considered in the kind of broader terms that it really needs to be thought of. I mean, really, everything that we do as a human i mean just the word do it's how do we get people to do things how do people choose to do a certain thing and if you think about that in terms of why do people choose to vote a particular way why do people choose to take part in climate action uh, why do people uh, choose a particular role in job and or um you, you know what I, I sometimes think that even uh, you know depression uh, when it's not kind of clinical depression maybe it's just a case of extreme demotivation and if we think about it in those terms might give us more of i mean i'm not a professional i wouldn't want to be diagnosing Ooh. anyone but this is a personal kind of idea um that sometimes we are just demotivated and not just individually but even as a society and i think we can see some of the effects with of that with, with covid yeah. um and and what you know what happens and it, it's not a good state to be and i mean motivation is is key um to really you know when we we need to be able to to meet those needs that we do have and uh the way we go about meeting those needs the the actions that we take all that is inspired by our level of motivation to pursue those certain goals and our level of a kind of feeling that we can achieve those certain goals and all that kind of ties in i'd like to talk about a bit of that with expectancy theory a bit later on but uh yeah 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 no that's i mean um, it's fascinating because it's I think it's 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 almost it's very difficult to grab hold of, isn't it? It doesn't feel like something very tangible, mm-hmm. you know. So, do you mm-hmm. think? So, is it something that we can cultivate? Is it something we can actually produce within ourselves? Well, it's funny that you use the word tangible there, and I think when we talk about intrinsic, ex- extrinsic, and intrinsic values uh, a bit more, um, you know, there are certain kind of tangible rewards that can keep us going and keep us motivated but a lot of it's um you know long-term motivation and what you might call true motivation um sustainable motivation that 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 lasts um you know those those kind of things are born 
inside you know kind of doing things for for the sake of doing things because you, you want to do them because there's a motivator that originates from an inner will you know think about a hobby or something you know no one asks you to do a hobby you don't get rewarded for doing a hobby in fact the kind of definition of a hobby is something that you do for the pure joy of it you know and that's um so that's the kind of intangible side of things what we can do to change our motivation is either put ourselves well, we can we can seek those external rewards, um, but in in the short term they'll make us very happy. In the in the long term, we really need to be putting ourselves in a situation, molding a situation around us where we have those opportunities to fulfil that inner will. Um, and really, I think the ultimate goal is is to achieve kind of self growth, um, self esteem, and these kind of higher order needs that, in the long term, give us a sense of value as a human being and. Uh, a way of tracking our progress and growth um, and these things. And I think it's about molding the situation around you so that that can happen. Um, yeah. it's, it's easier for some and it, it's harder for others. It all depends on, you know, the impact you have on, on the environment around you and that can change at different times and different circumstances. And but again, you, but you're COVID. COVID that, yeah. yeah, you saying that though, it's interesting because the, I think a lot of people, you know, when I say this, I think because I used to be one of these people, you feel almost mm. like you're, a, I don't know, like a cork that's floating down a river, you know, and life's the yeah, river. And yeah. Basically, you you haven't got a paddle, you know, I don't know, mm. maybe a rowing boat without a paddle. And that actually mm -hmm. you're, you know, the reality is in life that as a human being, you do have oars, you do have paddles, and you can yeah. actually steer, you can decide to go a bit faster, you can decide to go a bit slower or choose which direction you go mm -hmm. in. But so many people just feel they kind of bob their way through life and life happens to them. And your motivation potentially yeah. is one of those yeah. kind of oars that can, can, can steer you. Well, I think once you kind of, if you understand your motivation and, and kind of what can uh, affect it and the different types of motivation um, and how to kind of mold that situation around you, these things can be very important for getting you out of that feeling that you're just kind of awash um, in the stream of life and it being battered about by the forces uh, um, and the undercurrents. And I'll try not to go on that metaphor too long because I'll get confused. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, th I think... Um, what can happen if we particularly feel demotivated uh, for a long period of time is that we just disengage, we become completely disengaged, we shut down, we, um, you know, we can even become kind of actively deviant uh, where we're acting out in, in a bad way to try and have some kind of control, but not a very positive uh, control or impact on, on the situation around us. Um, but I think, you know, again, that side of demotivation, that that disengagement at the extreme end of being demotivated for a long time is, you know, maybe where a lot of people find themselves in and can be akin to a you know, very dark place of feeling of depression or if you think about it in societal terms, um, can really prevent us, you know, tackling big issues and big problems as a society. Do we feel mm. we have any impact? Uh, do we feel the outcome is something that we actually value personally? Does it matter to us? Um, and, yeah, yes, absolutely. So, um, I think that I think that's they're really good points, and 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 actually, I think it's a real thought-provoking um, conversation for people to to kind of like think about. Mm. Um, hence, thought-provoking. Yeah. Um, so tell <laughs> tell us tell us about uh, extrinsic and intrinsic. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we've touched on some of the differences there, but really, when we're talking about extrinsic, I think it might be. Better to start from a place of just 
needs and what are our needs I mean, mm-hmm. and and where do we kind of where do we get an understanding of what needs are um, and obviously what people need is 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 very different it depends on the different person and, and you know it could be there's gender differences and what we need could be there's uh, all kinds of differences going on that differentiate what people need but essentially people are different and need different things but there are some commonalities there are some things that we can generally agree on that are important and uh, because I can't remember them off the top of my head I'm, I'm frantically looking for for a slide that's going <laughs> to come up gonna, and explain uh, this to me. Are you going to start uh, talking about Maslow? Well I mean Maslow is one example and I, it is a problematic example you know it's it's an old model and, and work has been done on it but I think it's quite a useful starting point for thinking about the differences between how we can satisfy different types of needs and Ooh. that link between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Um, I mean, just a, a refresh here. Um, Maslow has this pyramid and as you grow, go up the levels on the pyramid, um, you achieve a, a, a greater sense of well-being essentially and the point of humanity is to achieve all the points on this pyramid. And the kind of bottom of that pyramid, the, the most primary needs that we have are the kind of physiological needs, food, shelter, water, sleep, clothing, all those things. Um, you, once you've satisfied those, you generally go to safety needs, personal security, uh, employment resources. You need to to stay safe and live, health and, and property and these things. But once you've satisfied these kind of things, um, you start moving on to more intangible type of things, uh, love and belonging, your your friendships and this, you know, the, the socialization around you, the need to socialize. Uh, when, you, when you've satisfied that, you develop where you look to develop a sense of self-esteem, um, you know, having respect and recognition, uh, feeling freedom and these kind of things. And then eventually at the top of this pyramid is this idea of, of self-actualization. This is, you know, being the most that we can be and, and this idea of growth. And for a lot of the kind of theory of motivation um, that I, I've been looking through, this idea is a recurrent idea that, that, that we do have this primary need to, to grow, um, to not stay still, to be moving forward, to be self-actualizing uh, our best version of ourselves and it can sound really washy and a bit you know fluffy but when we start talking about it in terms of say a job um, when we're talking about self-actualization we're looking for a job in the long term that gives us a chance to to feel this esteem and self-respect but then to give us freedom uh, and autonomy and the ability to make decisions for ourselves um, and to kind of feel that we're we're becoming better and that we're moving forward. And if people don't have that feeling, they will become demotivated in the long term. If they're not growing, they will feel demotivated. Yeah. Um, can I just can I just say something? You you yeah. your slide, like you sent me through this presentation because you turned mm. this presentation on motivation. And one of your slides yeah. said something there was it was a really good it was a black white ground with white writing on it. And it said something about when you get some, you know, why would you almost like why would you stop when you get there? Because if you stop when you get there all you've done is get there. <laughs> something was something along those you did, lines. You didn't. You didn't come this far to only come this far. I was saying like that. Was, yeah, uh, I like that. I yeah. really like that because and mm. like the reason I wanted to talk to you about this when you mentioned it is because obviously a lot of people that listen to this podcast are interested in growth and development and looking for hints and yeah. tips on how they can actually move their own lives forwards. And yeah. Um, mm. I think it's really important to talk about something like that motivation and perhaps to actually mm-hmm. try and identify it on a personal level, like where, where as an individual, your motivation comes from. And, you know, some mm-hmm. people, I you know, some obvious examples uh, would be like, well, 
children i want to make sure my children grow up to be xyz i want to make sure they've yeah. got security um and then for you as a person i suppose like the ultimate point is about not standing still isn't it and it's just that kind yeah. of like continual growth there is no destination if you like no i i mean one one idea to kind of combat that is well, not combat that but um to to improve on that is um we do benefit from having goals and from goal setting um you know that can help us not only know you know we basically allows us to to track and plot our growth uh, and allows us to kind of look back and we've achieved these goals and we go yes i i've i've grown i've managed to achieve this allowing yourself to to track and be able to reflect on on achieving goals and having grown is uh, is a good way of keeping yourself motivated uh, you know and acknowledging that growth um but you're right there is no end point and it's uh, you do things for the sake of growing uh for the sake of being a better you and that's that's that intrinsic idea of doing things uh for the sake of something that is intrinsically valuable that that stimulates your your will to do something for the sake of it um yeah where do, where do you think like uh i know you said at the beginning you're not an expert but just like in your in your own for your own view where does it come in then in terms of um, if you want to do something, so you really, mm -hmm. really want to do something. I want to be a children's author, right? Yeah. So, for example, why do I lack the motivation to sit down with a pen and paper or on a laptop or whatever and write a bloody mm -hmm. story? You know? It's, like <laughs> it's a good question. Well, this is what I'll, I'll hopefully answer because I've seen how I've – I think what I've touched on as well is that there's a lot of kind of problematic language around motivation that the term lazy, for instance, or, or self-motivating, you know, uh, if you, you see on a job application, we're looking for a self-motivating person and that's just complete. What's, what's the term I'm allowed to use on it? It's bullshit is what it is. It's, um, <laughs> you know, you, you shouldn't, it, the question you ask back there is, well, sorry, is, is the job going to motivate me? Is, is, there, op is there opportunities to grow and achieve self-actualization? Am I going to experience a situation in which I can, uh, which is conducive to me feeling extrinsic motivation? Uh, and if the, the job isn't, then you can't rely on a person to be self-motivated, uh, you know, just for the pure love of of being motivated that that doesn't exist that's not a real thing and equally when someone's considered um lazy you know is that person i mean think about anyone in your life who who might be lazy in one aspect but if you ask them to do something they they love or that they want to do they will you know they, they will do that thing they're not lazy then um it's about people you know be motivated to do something or or the motivation not being there um rather than it being a personal reflection on your on you know your own yeah um, so it's quite your complicated. ability to be motivated so it's quite complicated, yeah isn't I it? it is it's it's very complicated um but i think when we start thinking about things in these terms it allows us to be a little bit less harsh on ourselves for one thing and a little bit self less self-effacing and no i'm not a lazy person i just need to find what motivates me or opportunities to to mold my situation so that i can be motivated um and yes, yeah, so I mean, if we're talking about, so I mean, if we talk about your example of the um, of the, the person wanting to write a book, I mean, what I could talk about, if we touch on extrinsic, and uh, intrinsic and extrinsic values quickly, and then I'll go on expli uh, to yeah, explain expectancy us, tell us, tell theory. Us, tell us what they are, because um, they're quite big words. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, don't want to get this wrong. I've got some fantastic definitions in front of me, so I will get them up. Um, but essentially, we're talking about that idea that an intrinsic is something that you do um, if a motivation um, you are intrinsically motivated when you do something for the pure joy of that thing um, of doing that thing um, so we're talking about sources of motivation that are internal to the individual um, they're different between different individuals but again we do have those kind of commonalities of needs that need to be um, self-actualization self-esteem uh, socialize uh, socialization um, it's we're talking about intangible things really that we can't you know, you can't really see how these things are being met, um, but it's a sense of accomplishment, for instance, um, finding work exciting or challenging or a feeling a sense of self-worth, again, that idea. Um, and I think it's just easier to think of hobbies or or that idea that, yeah, I don't really like that phrase, but that, oh, if you uh, if you find something you love, you never work a day in your life, you know, that kind of idea. Right, right, right. Um, which is something that, you know, that's to the extreme that we can't always you know, expect to do the thing that's exactly the perfect thing that we want to do. But we can find a job that satisfies parts of that intrinsic motivation that gives us feeling of self-worth, uh, excitement and interest in the work um, and a sense of accomplishment and these kind of things. And you notice that in reference to kind of those those needs we talked about earlier, these these, these intrinsic needs tend to reference those, those higher order needs, um, you know, as a self-actualization, self-esteem, and socialization. On the other side, we've got ex uh, extrinsic needs, um, extrinsic motivation, rather. Uh, and this is to do with you know, punishments and rewards, quite obviously. You know, am I getting more cash or promotion for, the, for doing this, this task? Uh, is that motivating me? Am I motivated by getting you know, very simple things like food, shelter, and um, safety? Um, do I want awards? Am I doing it for praise and recognition, peer recognition, uh, these things? So it's it's it is tangible like uh you know tangible rewards we can think about it in that way are we motivated by tangible rewards um but there are intangible things there you know praise from the boss peer recognition it's things that we can be rewarded and we can get that reward from outside and we are motivated by wanting to achieve that outside reward um and so it kind of yeah it does relate to those lower order things um that we think about maslow's needs food shelter and stuff like that um, but also blurs into that area of, of self-esteem and, and socialization because, you know, we are social animals and, and that middle of the, the pyramids, our inner self is is affected by those around us and our impression um, on those around us uh, and stuff like that. So um, what's important to know about ex extrinsic motivation really is that that is entirely, you know, you have to reward and punch people when they're not intrinsically motivated. If someone's not interested and doesn't want to do the task and isn't motivated by the pure love of doing the task, then you're going to have to reward or punish them. And that's the only way you're going to experience motivation. The problem is that, and it's been proved in numerous studies, that um, in the long term, rewards, punishments, and these kind of things, they just they just don't motivate people in the long term. Um, people whereas, are only in, Whereas actually doing something for the love of it yeah you you're exactly. actually you actually almost have to try and talk someone out of doing that because they want well, exactly. because they just want to do it yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's interesting i think um for the love of it i mean for me personally take um you know, a personal example i think my and because needs and priorities and needs do different for different people and in different contexts so in work i think that the main motivation for me is is socialization is that coming into work having that chat with people around you 
pursuing a common interest, a common goal, getting stuff done and taking names and all that kind of thing. Um, and that's important for me. And that's, that's an important intrinsic sense of, uh, of motivation that I have for going to work each day to experience that. Mm. Um, now I do that because it gives me, uh, it, you know, that gives me a sense of, of, of self-esteem working in a group, but also that, that actualization of that need to socialize, um, that we talked about as well. Um, but you know, that is something that drives an, an inner will to do the job because it, fills this high order need that intrinsically motivates me do you know what, um, can i can i just say there sorry to interrupt you but that that's very similar to me in terms of i mean we know each other pretty well but like the mm. you know for those that don't um like when i've had if i've had a really busy day and i've been talking to people all day and i've been talking to lots of different colleagues i've the day flies by and i absolutely mm -hmm. love it and i feel mm -hmm. like happy and buzzing at the end of the day if i've been sat on my own in a room writing a report all day i just feel at the end of the day i'm like god I, you know i did that for the paycheck you know it, yeah. it's uh, and this i don't know if it's uh, hopefully that's a good example it's just yeah you know, well, I, I say, I just, and you think rewards. about yeah and you, i mean if you think about um you know the effect that this had on on covid has had and working from home arrangements on on this thing that is so important it, you know it's important to everyone but it is perhaps more prioritized uh, as a need for for some people um other than, rather than others we might think of those people as being kind of extroverted people perhaps in that kind of myers-briggs terminology um and we do you know I, from speaking to people at colleagues and stuff like that i think it's it's, it's quite clear that those extroverted people are suffering um, with motivation at this time because that was such a large part of the enjoyment of the job. Um, yeah. And when you yeah, take yeah. that away, you know, perhaps the, the job itself is, is rather mundane and unfulfilling, but that's you know, depending on different people. I'm not commenting on my job. I like my job. Um, don't no, tell no, anyone it, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it's, a, it's a really yeah. valid point. And I, and I think that particularly with the fact that with COVID and the idea of, mm. you know, never inadvertent commas going back to the way we were you know that we might go back mm. to some working in an office but some working from home and you know I, i've had this conversation with friends and family mm -hmm. about well actually you know am i going to spend the next however many years looking out my kitchen window is that the is oh, that work yeah is that no, work for me. is that work now you know because if it is yeah maybe yeah. this isn't the job for me kind of thing <laughs> um you know it, well, does, it. it does change yeah. everything Mm -hmm. And so that's, I mean, that's quite interesting, is it? Because when you start to look at this in this very, you know, um, overviewish kind of way, you already touch on the point that a large part of what actually motivates you to get the job done, if that's not, you know, that might not be there in the role. Um, if that if that changes and that's not there as a characteristic of the job, then the job is not, you know, I'm not, I don't want to do the job. Um, yeah. And the job hasn't changed. It's just one of these these other areas of motivation that, it's you, the know, way, that you become aware of when you think like the this. Way, the way it's been done. So, uh, mm. yeah, that's interesting. I, um, I know, I mean, we can jump around. That's absolutely fine. But I know you were really keen so to get on. I did jump around, sorry. No, no, no. It was me dragging yeah. you away. But, the, but I know you were really keen to get to, to something else. In, it was this uh, expectancy theory idea, and I think this was so. If we we take this example that we were talking about, about um, you know, this person wants to sit down and they want to, they know they want to write a children's book. Um, how the bloody hell do they get to lifting their um, pen off the page and doing it? And um, one theory that I found, I mean, just fascinating because it's simple, 
really easy to understand and yet kind of just explains so much um, is expectancy theory, which was originally um, coined by Victor Vroom with a V in, in 1964. And it is really interesting. And I think it'll hopefully explain that. We can use it to examine that, that situation. Um, but it basically says, right, we take it as a premise that people do things as out of a rational choice to maximize pleasure and to minimize pain. Uh, that uh, is the hedonist kind of principle, is it? Uh, can't think of Epicurean kind of principle, isn't it? Um, but we're rational people. And when we when we look to do something or not do something, we're, we're judging the outcomes of our actions. If I do this, will it lead to this action or this, uh, oh, sorry, this outcome or that outcome? What's the probability of this outcome occurring? What's the probability of that outcome occurring? We weigh them up and we make a choice uh, based on which outcome we value and which is more likely to happen. Um, that is a more complicated way of saying what I'm going to go on to say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's important because it, when we just use that bit there, that we, it's about what people believe, you know, it's people's beliefs about the relationship between the effort they put into something and the desired outcome. Um, so that, that changes between different people because different people can have different ideas of what the likelihood of the relationship between their effort and the outcome is. Um, but to break it down a bit more digestibly, uh, we're basically talking about if I come to do something, there are three conditions that are going to um, either mean that I do that thing or I don't do that thing. We're talking about putting effort into performing a task. The first thing I'm going to ask when I come to do something is, um, it's about, uh, it's called expectancy, uh, the condition, but it's about, um, do I, uh, if I put in this effort, will I actually perform the task well or to the requirements, you know, will I actually get this thing done? And that is, you know, that's about, do I know what to do and how to do it? Do I have the skills to get it done? Um, do I have confidence and a kind of feeling of uh, self-efficacy that, you know, I have all the abilities and capabilities to, to actually achieve the outcome? Um, once we've kind of satisfied that, we know what to do and how to do it, uh, and we believe we can get it done. Um, then there's this idea of instrumentality. And this is knowing that uh, if I perform the task well, it's going to lead to the desired outcome. So it's not just knowing that we can perform the task, but that the task is actually going to lead to some kind of goal or outcome that that we care about, uh, but it's going to lead to the outcome. So that's like, you know, if I do, I can do this task, but how does this task fit into a wider project, say if you're at work or, um, do I know what the the, the outcomes of are actually are of doing this task? If someone says do something, but you don't know, you know what's the outcome, what's going to happen if I do actually do it, you might not be motivated to do it. Yeah. Um, do I know how I'm going to be rewarded for this? Am I going to be rewarded for this? Um, are there going to be any punishments if I don't get rewarded for it? And so it's, it's knowing that relationship there, that instrumentality, what's my instrumentality in this? I know I can do it, the task, but how's the task actually what what outcomes are going to arrive from the from the task um and then the last thing i, I am talking in big chunks of talking sorry about that no no it's um, interesting you're following me though are you you're, yeah you're okay um and then the last area there is is valence or valence um which is okay so I know I can, I've got the, the ability to perform the task and I know what the outcome of the task is going to be if I perform it well do I actually care about that outcome? Is that something I actually value? Um, if, if there's rewards, do I punish those rewards? Um, if 
it's uh, sorry do i care about those rewards do i care about those punishments um and then you know we can add on to that layer then the long term we want those outcomes to give us intrinsic motivation to fulfill um, those higher order needs, uh, actualization and growth, empowerment, um, self-achievement, and this kind of stuff. Um, in the short term, you know, rewards, risks, uh, pun uh, the risk of punishment and these kind of things, they can motivate people. In the long term, this balance, this value uh, of the outcome of the task has to be well, this is actually going to meet some intrinsic value of uh, uh, yeah. intrinsic motivation of mine. Um, so, if I mean, uh, does that make, if we can, it, I can yeah, apply it to, that, to the case it, you mentioned, but does that kind of make some sense? Yeah, it does. Well, well, the thing that it makes me, I mean, I always, you know me, I always, I'm always thinking more questions than answers, but yeah, yeah. It, it feels to me like, so like I say, for the, for people listening to this, who regularly listen to this, it's about that kind of, how can I implement something into my life? So it's good to give an example, mm -hmm. actually, to for yeah. what you've for what you've described. But do you want to do that first, and then I'll? Well, yeah, and this is it, this is thinking off the hoof, and and you can uh, you know spend some time examining this. Um, I'm sure a bit closer. But uh, so, for instance, this person here, they sit down at the at the table, and they're thinking, right, I want to write a book. We talk about expectancy as the first condition that needs to be met. The person sits there and goes, right. Do I know how to write a book? Do I feel confident that I can write a book? Can I perform this task? And if they don't, then they're going to give up. <laughs> they're going to, well, they're not going to be motivated to do it. Yeah. Um, and you'll notice that. So um, if you get, um, I, I'm using the example of work just because uh, you know I've, I've been doing that today and I'm in a work frame of mind. Um, but think of say, if someone gives you um, a lot of a, a very complicated task to do at work. There'll be times where you've had a really complicated task that you've just not been able to just motivate yourself to start because you're you're overwhelmed by it. You don't feel comfortable in doing it. You're not confident to do it. There's there's a nervousness about doing it. Yeah. Uh, and you just don't think you're going to do it well. Now, I mean, how do you how would you change that at work? Well, you'd get some advice, you'd get some support, you'd get some training, you'd ask questions, um, you'd really, you know, either find out what needs to be done um and learn how uh, or sorry what skill gaps you have and try and fill those skill gaps so in this case with the writer they'd be thinking to themselves if i don't feel confident that i know how to do this book i'm going to take some writing classes i'm going to read some examples of, of children's uh, literature um i'm going to basically make myself better skilled or or more confident in the skills that i have to perform the task um, does that make sense yeah, ab yeah, absolutely. And I think that in terms of, you know, relating it to to people with like, um, I don't know, say someone who's living with anxiety, or <laughs> it's it, it's about trying to make a change, isn't it? Essentially, if yeah. you're trying to make a change, mm -hmm. and it's like how it's it's a framework to kind of look to how to actually make that change. One of the things because mm -hmm. we've only actually got a few minutes left. Um, oh, beg your pardon. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. But the, but the where what I've really got out of all of the stuff that you've said hmm. said to me is that the kind of the power of making a change and of progressing yourself and of actually developing yourself hmm. comes in if you can get that motivational state where you're doing it because you want to be doing it. And one of the things yes. one of the things that that I think is really powerful in that that can be really powerful in that is it it must be quite it's quite hard to change your state. But you've given some good goods like ideas there 
But mm-hmm. um, one of the things you can do is do things that you're already motivated by. You know, yeah. If you if yeah. you're like looking for a job and you're, you know, you're passionate about being a children's author, well, you better start mm-hmm. writing. You know, but like actually, you're probably not. You but you're probably okay at writing because you, uh, you know, and actually being motivated to write because you want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think you know quite a lot of people. You mentioned it earlier in terms of relating it to depression. Quite a lot of people who live with depression, not everyone, I say this all the time, because some people mm. are clinically depressed, but quite a lot of people, it's, it's as much situational, you know, where they are yeah. in their lives. And I think it goes mm-hmm. back to that boat without the oars in terms of there are things you can actually do to implement on your own life that can have a positive impact. And mm-hmm. if you try and get in that channel of where your motivation exists, and then you try and widen it, then you know you're putting yourself in a good position to get to to develop. I think. I think um, a really good bit of insight is is there's a four a four steps um, of of self determination theory for increasing intrinsic motivation in your own life. And I think if I quickly riff those off, they're really useful for people. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, but the first one is is that it's autonomy. It's it's trying to align your life according to your wishes and. I think the first key step of that is obviously identifying what your needs are, what your most pressing needs are at the time to be satisfied and 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 what are those things that intrinsically motivate you uh, and trying to align your life uh, to situations where you can express those that that you can fulfill those needs and be motivated extrins- intrinsically um the second step is is competent, uh, competency and mastery. So it's this idea of improving yourself, um, and you know setting yourself goals is not necessarily a bad thing. Not to uh, to put yourself off, but to measure your progress and make sure you're aware of your success uh, in the long term and how well you're doing it and how well you're growing, and that'll help you stay motivated in the long run. So improve yourself, set some goals. Um, relatedness is a very important point. We are massively inspired by the people around us. Uh, and sharing the same goals is very important, but belonging to a group, experiencing relatedness can, can give us that intrinsic motivation. Let us um, see through others what is important to us and, and you know articulate that and, and share that. Um, and then the last point is having a purpose. And I think this is um, you know the main thing that, that, that can often leave lead people to be disengaged and to feel uh feelings of, of depression again not a professional um but this idea of purpose having a vision of a positive attainable future um and we're talking about expectancy um theory there earlier and talking about this person writing a book you know you'd say right in terms of um instrumentality and, and valence they want to know that if they write this book it's going to lead to the outcome this attainable positive future that Mm. they actually care about is it something that's going to reward them um on a level that they actually care and if the more clearly i mean essentially what it tells us is that the more clearly you can envision a positive attainable future and you can envision that you and you believe that you can get there and you have the skills the know-how the knowledge to get to that future and you and you know how to put the effort in um in the right way then you will be motivated um yeah you will be intrinsically motivated in, in, a, in a more sustainable way absolutely yeah yeah perhaps thank you so much for that i mean that that was really interesting really informative I hope so. 
and I'm, I'm sure loads of people are going to get a lot out of that so look thank you for coming on the show we have run out of time but uh, I appreciate that and, uh, and thank you very much no problem Chris thanks for having me and, uh, and thank you guys out there for listening as always follow me on Twitter follow me on Instagram if you like but please tell other people about the podcast and share it and another episode will be winging its way to you soon thanks everyone <laughs>